And hear these words now from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus speaks saying, everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So Al and I got an amazing gift this Christmas, a gift so amazing I didn't even know I needed it, and now I can't live without it. It's called a Google Home. Any of you have a Google Home? Awesome. In case you don't know what it is, let me explain it to you. This was given to me by my millennial children, of course. It's a small little machine that sits quietly, unobtrusively in the corner of my living room. And it's connected to the internet and it's connected to Al's phone and to my phone. And it answers questions. It answers all kinds of questions. Like you can ask it about your calendar or about the weather or traffic. It even plays music and it can make a phone call. We are having way too much fun with it right now. Hey Google, you say. Hey Google, how long will it take me to get to Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church? Hey Google, do I have anything scheduled for Friday? Or, hey Google, play me some smooth jazz. Yeah, this machine will recognize your voice and it will respond to you based on what it knows about you. That's a little freaky, right? And it learns about you as it goes, which is even more freaky. But here's the interesting thing. When I opened the Google Home and took it out of its little box, I then looked for an instruction manual or booklet of some kind. I couldn't find it. So then Al took the box and turned it around and guess what, he couldn't find the instructions either. And that's when our kids gently and patiently said to us, mom and dad, it doesn't come with an instruction manual. You just plug it in and then you set up the app on your phone and then you start talking to it. Well, sure enough, after a couple of hours with a lot of help from the kids, a lot of fumbling around and some really silly conversations with a little white box, we got the hang of it. But isn't it interesting that such devices no longer come with instruction booklets or written guidelines? No, these devices are actually created so that learners can, or users can learn as they go, so that users can figure it out on their own. That's the way we like it, my kids say. Instruction manuals, they're boring, they're tedious. It's better to just get started and figure things out on your own. 
Now, I see their point when it comes to Google Home or an online game or a new phone. I guess it's kind of empowering and freeing to use your own intelligence and wits to figure something out. I suppose it's gratifying to discover things by yourself, to apply what you believe and know and what you've experienced and then go from there when it comes to electronics or gadgets or entertainment. But friends, at the risk of sounding, well, a little old fashioned maybe or out of it, I wanna suggest that when it comes to the important things in life, the ultimate things in life, I really don't wanna be left on my own, do you? Nope. And when it comes to what really matters, figuring it out on my own holds little appeal. Friends, we stand at the beginning of a new year. Lord only knows what our world will face this year, what our country, what our community will face this year. But there is one thing I do know, each of us, our families, and this church will be called to tasks and decisions that will demand our very best this year. Tasks and decisions too important to figure out on our own by trial and error. That's the sobering news. Because we live in a culture that suggests we figure out things on our own. Even things like our beliefs and our spirituality. We live in a culture, in a time that advocates creating kindness and peace, love and justice in our own way, in our own image. In fact, you know, you can say to Google Home, hey Google, how do I find forgiveness for what I've done? And you know what Google Home will say to you? I need more information to answer that question. <laughs> you can say to Google Home, hey Google, what's going to happen to me after I die? And I promise you, she will say back to you, I don't know you well enough to answer that question. You can say to Google, hey Google, will everything be all right? And she'll answer, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> and then just start talking about something. According to um, Google.com, people Google such questions all the time because they're trying to figure it out on their own. But our faith teaches something quite the opposite. Our Savior Jesus Christ teaches quite the opposite. Let me show you what I mean. In the Gospel of Matthew, in chapters 5, 6, and 7, we have recorded the largest selection of Jesus' teaching that exists anywhere in the Bible, all in one place. We call this Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And when you read these chapters, notice I didn't say if, I said when you read these chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you're going to read an instruction manual. A little old-fashioned, 
but is Jesus giving instruction, very specific instruction about many of the most important things in our life. Things that people struggle to this day to figure out on their own. Things people ask Google about all the time. Jesus instructs about forgiveness. He instructs about worry, about family responsibilities, about spiritual longing. In these chapters, he gives guidance on the role of the church in the world, on the role of God as provider of everything we could need or want. Jesus also lays out religious responsibilities. He talks about praying. He talks about giving. He talks about serving others. And when he gets to the end, after three chapters, toward the end of that seventh chapter, at the end of all of this insight into God and God's activity and plan for the world, then Jesus tells the parable that I read just a few minutes ago about the builders, a parable I know you've heard many times. He ends his greatest sermon of all time with a challenge, and it goes like this. Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts what I have taught into practice is like that wise builder building a house on a rock. The storms come, the winds blow, the waters rise, but the house stands firm. It stands firm because it's built on a solid, sure foundation. On the other hand, Jesus continues... Anyone who hears these words of mine, who knows me and my life and instruction and doesn't put it into practice, well, that person is a fool, a fool building on sand. The wind comes, the storms blow, the waters rise, and that house, that house falls flat. Hear my words, Jesus says, put them into practice. I also hear Jesus saying, you aren't on your own to figure these things out. You aren't on your own to create a godly way of life. You needn't work out for yourself mercy or forgiveness or love or service. No, says Jesus, I have shown you what to do, how to act, what to believe, what is right. I've taught you what you need to build a life with a firm foundation. Friends, I don't know about you, but I find this incredibly good news because we have not been left to our own devices. We've not been left to have to figure these things out by ourselves. Jesus says, listen to what I've taught. Build your life on that. Build what I have taught, who I am into your life. Do what I have shown you, become my teaching for one another, then nothing, nothing life throws at you will cause you to crumble. That morning on that mountainside, Jesus challenged anyone in earshot to listen and then to work the revelation of God into their lives. And this morning, I want to suggest that Jesus challenges us this morning in the same way. That Jesus challenges our church in the same way. We are on the brink of a new year. A new year. 
and as we ready ourselves for the tasks and decisions ahead, we are called to work the revelation of God into our lives, to pay attention and to build upon what God has given us. We aren't left to our own devices, thanks be to God. Unlike our culture around us, so willing to help us go our own way and create our own beliefs and create our own way of life, our faith boldly suggests that salvation, forgiveness, holiness, and spirituality, that these are the sacred treasures of the church. That's why we have one another. That's why we have this place. And my friends, that's why we have this. On Facebook this week, I really wish I could have put it up here, but it was not a good enough picture. There was a photo going around, I don't know if you saw it, of an old black Bible and it was covered with dust and someone had written like you would on a dirty car across it, read me, <laughs> as opposed to wash me. I wanna build a better 2018. I want a better 2018 for this world, for those I love, for this church, for those that I'm called to serve. And friends, I will not build this year on my own. I will turn to the instruction that I've been given. And I invite you to do the same. Things haven't changed that much over the last thousand years. The instruction that we've been given, what God has gifted us with, it's as important today as ever. Maybe not new and flashy like a Google Home, but solid and sure. We've been given one another, this community. We've been given one another to remind each other that we are loved, that we belong, that we're connected. And so I challenge you to find a way, take a step at the beginning of this year into this community, find a place to plug in if you haven't already. Secondly, we've been given the opportunity to worship and sacraments like this table. The rituals, the liturgy, the music of the church, a gift to keep our foundation solid. And so I encourage you to come. That sounds so simple, but be here. Be here regularly. Take part in this and finally, we have something that those early listeners to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount didn't have. We have a book. We have this Bible, Scripture. We believe that this is the most reliable witness to the Word of God, the revelation of God in Jesus Christ that exists. And so whether we've read it before, studied it for a lifetime, or never opened it until today, we're to read it. We're to work this revelation of God into our lives, into our families, and into this church. And so I challenge you, in your bulletin, they're there, the classes, the Bible studies, find the time, find the way 
to enter into this. Here's how Eugene Peterson paraphrases Jesus' words. He says, you know, the words that I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. The words I speak are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like that smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. Friends, you're not stupid carpenters. This church is not a stupid carpenter. And here's the good news. Wherever you are in your life and wherever the church of Jesus Christ finds itself, God's instruction always finds a place, always builds up, always strengthens, always guides. We can count on it. It is our firm foundation. If you're just starting to build a life, embarking on a new building project, job, relationship, or challenge, God's word reminds you that you are not alone. God, our builder, builds before you and behind you, and especially even in spite of you. Thanks be to God. If you've built a solid structure of your life, God's instruction will challenge you to watch for those telltale cracks and the shifting weight of a poor foundation. And if you're in the midst of a storm of any kind, and it seems that there is always some kind of a storm, God not only confronts us, but challenges us to see a divine hand reaching out to us in ways we never would have imagined. Friends, God's instruction gives life. It changes life. It transforms churches. It is a gift of God for the people of God that keeps giving as we keep working it into our lives, year after year, decade after decade. So I invite you, let's build a better 2018 for ourselves, for our church and our world. And thanks be to God. Thanks be to God that we have all of the instruction all of the guidance, all of the energy we need to build on the strong foundation laid for us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Alleluia. Amen.